0: So, being affectionately desirous of you, we were ready to share with you not only the gospel of God, but also our very selves, because you have become very dear to us. I speak to you now in the name of God, who is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. You may be seated. Well, the curate's back up, and I've got a confession. I fumbled. I fumbled. Those of you who were here yesterday and uh, for the Mass last night um, might notice that the altar looks a little different. Today it is green. Uh, Yesterday it was white. Got a little hasty. I know the Feast of All All Saints is coming up, and so I instructed the altar guild to dress the altar in white uh, instead of green, uh, although we are celebrating All Saints uh, this coming Wednesday. Shameless plug. If uh, you have a uh, member uh, of your family or a loved one who you would like us to remember in prayer as we celebrate those who have gone on uh, and the saints who are clothed in light, uh, please give us your name, Uh, send it to the church, myself or Joe, and uh, we will make sure that we pray for them this coming Wednesday. So, the Feast of All Saints, right? Uh, It it, it happens in and around Halloween, uh, November 1st to be exact. Uh, But this year, uh, it's kind of important to me. Uh, those of you who are aware, I've lost quite a number of uh, family members and friends who are near to me, uh, and that's uh, not to say uh, that those of you in the parish, uh, I know some of you have lost loved ones as well, um, but it causes me to kind of reflect a little bit of What what is this sainthood thing all about, and what, what are we celebrating when we, when we celebrate the Feast of All Saints? What are we, what are we celebrating? What, what makes a saint? What makes a saint? well, I I grew up in the Pentecostal church, right? Many of you know that. I'm a Pentecostal boy through and through. Uh, And growing up, uh, my grandmother was big on sainthood, right, and being saintly. Uh, But being saintly for her uh, meant that we didn't do certain things, right? We didn't, uh, the women didn't uh, wear their hair down, and they didn't wear the color red because it was worldly, and they didn't do this, and they didn't do that. Um, And guys, we couldn't wear ties because that was too much like the world, and we didn't wear jewelry and we didn't really have music in the church so everybody had to sing. Uh, I still really can't sing so I didn't really learn much. <laughs> but, but it was all about what you do. All about what you do and earning, earning uh, your, 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 your salvation and making sure uh, that you did the right things to be considered holy and separate. Then I came to the Anglican tradition and they relied the Anglican tradition relies a lot on the sacraments, a lot on the finished work of Jesus Christ. And it's not to say that as saints, we don't have things that we ought to do. No, absolutely. Saints do look different than those who are in the world. Absolutely. But the reliance for a saint really isn't on what they do as much as it's on what was done for them. A saint is marked not by his or her works, but by the finished work Of Jesus Christ, you have your Bibles. I want to open. I want to challenge you to open them up. Um, Let's go to Colossians, the book of Colossians. If you uh, 11:72 is where our text is uh, for this morning, coming out of First Thessalonians, go back a couple of pages and you'll stumble. uh, You'll stumble on Colossians. I want to read this definition for you. This is Colossians, the uh, Colossians, uh, the first chapter or first chapter, beginning at verse 13. He has delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of his beloved son, in whom we have redemption and the forgiveness of sins. What is a saint? A saint is someone who has been delivered from the kingdom of darkness and transferred into the kingdom of God through the finished work of Jesus Christ. It's not what we've done, not what we do to earn our salvation, but what he has done for us. So a saint is marked not by his work, his, his or her works, but by their relationship, but by their relationship to Jesus Christ. Marked by not by his works, his or her works, but by the relationship they have to Jesus Christ, which brings me to our text this morning in 1 Thessalonians. So being affectionately desirous of you, we are ready to share with you not only the gospel of God, but our own selves, because you had become very dear to us. The church is all about evangelism, right? And if you've been here any length of Sundays, you know that Joe and I have been really preaching and pushing uh, evangelism and what our, our job as Christians and, and we're challenging, that we've been challenging the church as well as ourselves to get out beyond these doors and tell people about Jesus Christ, right? We've, 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 we've been called to embody the gospel of Jesus Christ and to get out there after we've received the, the uh, blessed sacrament, to get out there and to impact the world around us for the glory of God. Right? That's what we've been called to do as Christians. Yet, statistics show that most people who come to church don't come necessarily because they've heard the gospel, but because they've been invited by a Christian through relationships. And I've said earlier that a saint is defined by their, not by their works, but by their relationship with God. People, if we're going to evangelize them, if, we're going, if they're going to know the Lord... They're not going to know the Lord so much by what we say and how we, and how we, we preach the gospel and, and all of that, but they're going to learn about the gospel of God by the way we live our lives. How will they do that? Through relationships. Most people that come to church come in through a side door. People that come to church come because they've seen the light of God, perhaps in you. Because they've seen the way you live your life. The Apostle Paul tells us that That our lives, our living epistles, read by all men. And he's writing this letter. Paul is writing this letter. And he's encouraging the faithful. And he's acknowledging the works that they've done and their faithfulness to the Lord. But he's also encouraging them to have relationships with one another. If you you, uh, flash back in your minds, both the Old Testament reading, the Psalm, the New Testament reading, and the Gospel all have to do with this relationship. At first blush, it may look like this, these are just lists on what to do and what not to do, and, and saints ought to do this, and good people do this, and we ought not to do this, so we, we, we ought to keep out of the courtroom, and we ought to love our neighbor as ourselves. But it's not so much a list of don't do and do's and, and as much as it is how to have a relationship with your neighbor, how to be an example, how to foster that relationship, how... To have that relationship with your relationship with the Lord on display. How to be different. So we love our neighbors as ourselves. So if we have an ought an with our brother, we go to them and rationalize and speak frankly and resolve those things. So we're not petty. So we don't slander. So we don't gossip. Why? Because relationships are everything. We ought not have a fault against our brother when Jesus has forgiven us so many faults. The one who loves much has also been forgiven much. Jesus Christ invites us into a relationship regardless of what what, what we've done. The scriptures say while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. And he invited us into a relationship with him. Despite what we've done, despite who we were, he invites us into a relationship and invites us into this loving relationship to change us. It's the same way with our brothers and sisters in God. Regardless of what they've done, we ought to invite them into a loving relationship so that they could see the gospel of God in us. The scriptures remind us to let our light so shine before men that men and women would see our good light and glorify God who is in heaven. I remember growing up in church, and I don't remember a time where I didn't know the Lord. I do remember a time where I maybe not didn't know the scriptures as well as I do now, but I don't remember a time where I didn't know the Lord. I can't think of a time where I didn't know the Lord, and that's a testament to my grandmother and to my mother and, and all of that, that's all well and good. But your friends are the same way. There, there may be a time in their life where they didn't know the scriptures as well. Where they, they don't know the Bible, maybe like some of you all know the Bible. Where they don't do the Christian things that they should do. But I pray that there's, there's a, never a time in their life where they don't know the Lord and they don't have an example of God in their life. How is that going to happen? Through their relationship with you. And as your relationship with them develops and grows, I pray that their knowledge of the scriptures and the gospel grows and their relationship with the Lord and with you deepens. You see, it's a cycle. It's a cycle. As we love people, as Christ loves us, we also make room for them in the kingdom of God. We also make room for them in the kingdom of God where they can come to know the love of God and the gospel of Jesus Christ. The biggest evangelist, the biggest evangelist in the church is not the one who holds up the Bible and preaches, but the one who loves unconditionally. The one who loves unconditionally. So being affectionately desire for you, you, of you, we were ready to share with you not only the gospel of God, but our very selves, because you've become very dear to us. Because we love much. Because we love much. That's how people are going to come to know the gospel of the Lord. The scripture says, by this, all men will know that you are my disciples, that you have love one for another. And it's easy to love other Christians. It's easy to love other Christians. But Christ calls us to love those Who are not yet of the fold. Why? Because our love will transform their lives. The love of God will be seen through us. And it will transform their lives. They will come into the kingdom of God. They will come into the the kingdom of light. Leave the kingdom of darkness. Become part of the saints here on earth. And one day they will walk with Jesus into eternity. And become the saints clothed in light. How will that happen? Through the preaching of the gospel, yes, absolutely. How do we advance it? Through our relationships. Through our relationships. We love much. We love much because we have been forgiven much. And because we have been forgiven much, we love everybody. Not just Christians. Not just those who are easy to love. But everybody. And in doing that, We do our part to advance the kingdom of God. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.